Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Is the Haas F1 team broken and can they be fixed? So, after Günther Steiner did not have his contract renewed and being told by owner Gene Haas during the Christmas break that he wouldn't be back, I decided to take a closer look at this team as we get set for the 2024 Formula One season. I'm former professional racing driver and F1 IndyCar insider Tim Haraney, and this is Nailing the Apex. So, as all of you will surely know by now, Steiner's contract with Haas was not renewed. So with Steiner now out, their director of engineering, Ayo Komatsu, now steps up to take the role of team principal. Team owner Gene Haas had this to say on his decision not to renew Steiner's contract. Quote, it came down to performance. Here, we are in our eighth year over 160 races. We have never had a podium. The last couple of years, we've been 10th or 9th. I'm not sitting here saying it's Gunther's fault or anything like that, but it just seems like this was an appropriate time to make a change and try a different direction because it doesn't seem like continuing with what we had is really going to work. I like Gunther. He's a really nice person, a really good personality. We had a tough end to the year. I don't understand that. I really don't. Those are good questions to ask Gunther. What went wrong? At the end of the day, it's about performance. I have no interest in being 10th anymore. End quote. I mean, I agree with Gene. Investing in F1 teams is not cheap. And if I were doing so for a number of years, I don't think I want to be finishing 10th anymore either. But behind the scenes, you know, Gunther may have been getting frustrated with how the team was run from top down. I think Steiner wanted Gene to have more involvement in the F1 team, both financially, meaning putting more of his own you know, money into it, and more track presence. We, you know, we hardly ever saw you know, Gene at a lot of these races. And for Gunther, the team just, it just wouldn't be as successful as it could be unless they shook things up with it. And for Gene, I think he just disagreed with all of that. Now, what do I mean when I say shake things up? Haas is a team that jumped onto the grid in 2016. Now, it did take a few years for them to get there, but they finally did, and they arrived in 2016, and they did so in a unique way, not really building their chassis in-house, but having Delara make it, and being supplied with Ferrari engines and some of the mechanical side of the car. Now, for those of you who don't know, Delara, well, you know, they make a lot of formula chassis. They make a lot of race cars. Um, I remember 
one of the series is I used to race in, you know, Delara made all of the chassis. They made all of the cars that were, were on the grid. And in F1, you know, you, you want to make your, for most of the teams that, you know, you want to make your own car. Now, Gunther Steiner, he was able to turn it into a, a partial sort of customer car coming into formula one, which made this a very unique and, creative way of getting an F1 team on the grid when times were really tough in motorsports, financially speaking. To bring a new F1 team online was it was close to impossible due to the amount of, of money one would have to put up just to be able to compete in the sport back then. Um, you know, we're talking hundreds of millions of, of dollars here. You know, with this unique setup, the team was able to make it all work back then and at times could be competitive in the midfield. But there were also financial struggles as well. Bad deals that were were done, some deals done just so they could keep their head above water. But this team was that, you know, little engine that could a great team to cheer for. However, when I say broken off the top, I, I think this model that was put together for 2016, I believe is now outdated. You know, and here are a few things I think they can do to be better for the foreseeable future. This is a team that behind the scenes is small in numbers, but they work their asses off. The crew, although small, they have some of the best personnel and motorsports working in every department from PR and comms all the way down to the crew that works on the cars at the racetrack. So the first thing they need to do, Haas employs over 200 people at this spread across three bases, one in the US, one in the UK, you got one in Italy, and just over 200 people. Well, that's not enough. You know, Mercedes has well over a thousand employees. Red Bull Racing around a thousand as well. McLaren, Ferrari, well, they're all close to those numbers too. Now, some of Ferrari's staff most recently now work for Haas as as well due to budget constraints. That's one of the reasons uh, why. But for the most part, these top teams are employing close to a thousand individuals or even over that at their headquarters. Now, to be a top team in F1, that's what you need. These teams run their factories 24 hours a day, seven days a week, creating components, designing, constructing, marketing, engineering, sales, PR and communications. And the list just goes on. The top teams, you know, they they keep all of this under one roof as well. You know, everyone works out of the same factory for the most part, not scattered between three different countries, which leads us to the facilities. And that's the second thing that they need to do is infrastructure, improve facilities. You know, what's... Haas's infrastructure like it's like I'd mentioned it it's scattered more so than any other team on the grid I've been to the McLaren headquarters Williams Aston Martin's new state-of-the-art facilities 
and they're all top notch. And I'm not saying that the Haas operation is not top notch, but McLaren and Aston Martin in particular, well, it's like I said, it's state of the art. Here's just how important it is to have everything under one roof. Let's use McLaren as an example. So McLaren for the longest time, they never had a wind tunnel really on site, like a state of the art, you know, the same type of stuff that Mercedes and Ferrari were using. You know, they were shipping a lot of their components all the way out to Cologne, you know, using Toyota's wind tunnel. And think about Formula One as time. That takes time. That takes time to develop the part. It takes time to ship it. It takes time to build it. It takes time to put it into the wind tunnel. It takes time to run it. It takes time to get that information back to the factory. It takes time to get those parts back to the factory so they can analyze. And when these new regulations were coming online, you know, Andreas Seidel kind of, you know, thinking, you know, hey, like it would it would be very beneficial to us to have a nice big wind tunnel on site that we could utilize 24-7 like the other big teams. And that's going to help us on the racetrack. Now in 2023, their wind tunnel really didn't come online until late into the summertime. But that's going to help them for 2024 and having access to that wind tunnel whenever they need it. Running parts into there, obviously within the legal parameters of how much time they can spend in there because of the regulation. But... That being said, having it close to home, having it on site, having something you can just quickly utilize is extremely, extremely important. If you look at Aston Martin, I was talking to Mike Crack about this, and he was telling me for them to have a wind tunnel on site at Aston Martin is a game changer because they're essentially working with in the Mercedes wind tunnel. However, they have to work around Mercedes's schedule for when they go in the wind tunnel, whether that be at midnight, whether that be at two in the morning, 3 a.m. They have to set out a specific block of time and they have to negotiate with Mercedes to figure out, okay, when are you going in? We're going to go after you. So, having your own wind tunnel for them on site means they don't have to worry about scheduling. They can just quickly go and do it, analyze parts, and they literally can walk it right back to the factory instead of boxing everything up, shipping it all out, making sure nothing gets broken. And so that helps them. That helps with that turnover and it helps save time. Haas's main base is in North America, in Kannapolis, North Carolina, with a smaller factory in Banbury, United Kingdom, which is Marussia's old factory. And that is used to turn the cars around between races when they are within Europe. And they have another small base in Italy operating beside Ferrari. Like I had mentioned above, the way this team 
was first set up back in 2016, it had a few different hubs. And they had Delara making their chassis, and they were buying parts from Ferrari. The partnership with Ferrari has grown even more coming into 2022 when the new regulation ticked over. The car, that car had probably more Ferrari DNA in it than probably Delara. But that being said, now the team, you know, they always have now like uh, someone on. Arrow. So they have their own people who are running the arrow, but when it comes to the design aspects, they use people from Delara. But they work closer now with Ferrari, especially as the years have gone on here. They had, I think they had half their people power from Delara as well over the past few years, helping them with the new regulation and getting things in and, and figuring it out. And I think, you know, they really lean on Delara a lot in the winter months to build the race car, but probably not so much in the summertime. I think bigger teams, you know, they have these individuals working in-house all the time, even more so in the summer, I, I would say. You know, that's that time to get new parts for their car, researching, looking, building for the following season as well. But Delara still builds the car, but their involvement in other technical parts has has since been brought down. And now they they leverage the Ferrari relationship a lot more, which is smart. And, you know, all power to them. They should probably be doing that for sure. That's a, it's a great idea. But you can't build a team in that framework anymore. Not in this era of F1 with this new regulation, like I keep mentioning, where teams are churning out parts so fast. And now that the regulation is a bit simpler and there is a budget cap, which is very crucial to the team's team's success now. Teams are teams are able to now turn their cars around in season, i.e., like McLaren did in 2023. I mean, that was an incredible turnaround. Because so much of uh, Mercedes, Aston Martin, Ferrari, Red Bull Racing, and McLaren's components are made in-house, they're able to get those parts into their own wind tunnels, like I'd mentioned, test them, get them to the track, you know, ASAP to, to try them out in practice. In 2022, Haas's biggest upgrade didn't come until Hungary, which was... The last, if I remember correctly, the last race before summer break heading into August. So going from March to the end of July is a really long time. And, and then I think you saw the team start to drop backwards into the field that season. At the beginning of the season, they were very strong. You know, they were up at the front fighting. I, I think, uh, you know, Kevin, I believe Magnuson got like a top six or a top five in the first race of 2022, if memory serves, but. You know, now with the way F1 is, teams need to have their own factories and everything under one roof. I mean, going back to Aston Martin, for instance, once, you know, Lawrence Stroll bought up the team, he saw what that regulation was going to look like for 2022. And he started to make things happen, you know, buying up all of the all kinds of land around the factory to build their state of the art um, facilities with their own wind tunnel, CFD uh simulator 
And now they have Honda coming on board in 2026. And since they have all that land, they could potentially use some of that land and maybe try and convince Honda to have a small power unit base on site. So the team can quickly build their car um, around Honda's power unit and make that turnover happen so much faster. That's what I think Haas needs to do to have everything under one roof, a new factory, a big one that houses everything, building your own components, um, hire more people to come in and, and just invest. You know, speaking of investments, that would be the third thing, financials of it all. They're not quite as bad as, as F1 used to be. I mean, the cost cap has, the cost cap has really helped a, a lot at, at containing what teams can spend on their own cars, really protecting them from themselves. And that has turned teams into franchises, which is something that is totally unique for F1. Having now a, a franchise tag and a cost cap, the teams are now valued way higher than they have ever been. For Haas in 2023, Forbes put their value at $780 million, which is close to the bottom. They're ninth. Williams was valued in 10th, the lowest team at $725 million. While Ferrari, they led the way at $3.9 billion. That's a decent evaluation for Haas, considering they are the youngest team on the grid. But this evaluation, I think it could be way higher if there was further investment coming from its owners. Now, the team is close to running to the cost cap every year, but the infrastructure, the people power, that's where the investment needs to be made over the foreseeable future. And I'm not sure if, if Gene wants to do that. And with no real investment, you you risk really falling further and further behind. And if you have one really bad season, that can really set you back, it can set you back for years. When we look at just how close you know, the field is now, this is the closest F1 grid I've ever seen in terms of time, uh, on-track performance. And if you start to drop out of that window, you're you're done. And if you're not... Being aggressive with your spending, spending it wisely, getting parts to the car quickly, then you really risk you know, dropping way out of contention. So let's say if Gene doesn't want to further invest outside of the cost cap of, of running the cars, then you know, shake things up. I, I think selling a stake in the team, something similar to what Alpine did last season and same with Aston Martin as, as well. To, to bring in further investments and use that to build out your own factory, build out a stronger workforce. Not saying that this workforce is not strong. Uh, you know, they get a lot of stuff done with very little. It's a really hardworking crew. But by having more crew and better infrastructure, you know, this team could really fly. Or there is the other option. He could sell. He could sell the team. I mean, why not? Andretti is hanging around. 
I'm sure he's ready to make a full commitment. And I feel, I feel Gene could definitely fetch way more than what the team is actually currently valued at. And look, maybe, maybe that is something that he may have to consider, you know, this season or next. I, I mean, comments, you know, quotes that I've read over the past few weeks, it doesn't really seem like he's up to selling, but that could also be a way of driving the value of the team, the team up. Right. I mean, this is a business. Formula one is a massive business. So I I think if he, I think if they can fix those three things, this team would well and truly punch above its weight. I'm former professional racing driver, now F1 IndyCar insider, Tim Haraney. This is Nailing the Apex, a podcast that focuses on F1 and IndyCar. Please hit like, subscribe, write a comment. Check out our YouTube channel where you can view past episodes, including our sit-down with Gunther Steiner, which was one of my faves from 2023. I'll be back with more Nailing the Apex as the season uh, gets rolling along and gets ready to launch. Thanks again, everyone, for watching and listening. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to y'all later.